The trading floor is closed. It's time to cut through the chatter and find the clarity. From the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast, this is Agritalk After the Bell. Here's your host, Chip Flory. He <laughs> about knocked all the computer monitors off, off of the desk. Oh. <laughs> How's the knee, Davis? Ow! <laughs> Beloved listeners, I'm sorry for the open here, but I've just banged my knee, my rather angular leg, <laughs> right into the side of the desk here. That's what you get for wearing shorts two uh-huh. days in a week. We're wearing the same shorts! <laughs> what? You've got the desert camo, and I've got the... Uh, Forest Dollar- <laughs> Wow. Dollar was lower today. Crude was higher. Stocks were higher. Corn slightly lower. Soybean, uh, soybeans lower. Soybean meal lower. <laughs> Bean oil was slightly higher. Wheat, wheat, wheat was sharply higher. Live cattle feeder cattle saw solid gains. Lean hogs sharply higher. Taking advantage of the expanded mm-hmm. limits in here today. Welcome to ATB, everybody. I'm your host, Chip Flory, and my injured friend is the ATB news guy, Davis Michelson. Well, fortunately, I don't need my knee to uh, to talk, to read, to think, to express, <laughs> to share with the beloved listeners. I love it. Thanks for coming along, everybody. Glad All you right. tuned in. Yeah. Aren't, aren't you glad oh. you tuned in? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's the deal. Today is kind of a special show. Mm-hmm. It's really kicking off the coverage of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour. Mm-hmm. The reason I say that is because we got the whole dead gum team. Uh, we're ready to roll. Brian's going to be in here in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian is leading the eastern leg of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour. Jeff Wilson is already on the line. Looking forward to the conversation with Jeff. Jeff is the Pro Farmer Senior Market Analyst. The new guy. He's the new guy. Yeah. And with the new guy comes new responsibilities but- and and maybe some some relief of responsibilities all at the same time. He's not new to the crop tour, though. Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. No, Jeff. He knows what he's doing. I mean, teens. Mm-hmm. I, it's It's got to be teens the number of crop tours mm-hmm. that he has come on i hear he actually lied about his age the first year to get on tour <laughs> that's how long he's been doing it <laughs> yeah no one really knows how old he is but 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 jeff is leading the western leg of the pro farmer midwest crop tour this year taking mm-hmm. over for me and uh, i'm gonna be out on crop tour mm-hmm. i'm gonna be helping with the evening meeting at uh, each of the overnight stops I'm going to pull some samples if we get a chance, but primarily what I'm going to be doing is bringing coverage from the road. The dandy dawn of uh, crop tour. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be doing both AgriTalk, thanks to Ram Trucks Mm -hmm. for sponsoring uh, AgriTalk and AgriTalk After the Bell out on the road next week. Uh, We're going to be at Ram dealerships across the... uh, uh, across the western corn belt i'll make sure that everybody knows where we're going to be when we're going to be there mm-hmm. uh and of course we need to th- say a big thank you to the premier sponsor of uh the pro farmer midwest crop tour and that's pioneer 100 percent. all right Thanks, uh, rcis is also a sponsor as is farm credit services uh, so it's a big week. Uh, we've got Brian with us. We've got Jeff with us. Of course, we need some support and help while we're out there on the road. Brian Grady, for the umpteenth time, is going to have Mark Bernard with him. Uh, Mark is a certified crop 
uh, consultant up in southern Minnesota. But he's been working with Brian on the eastern leg of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour for quite some time. And Jeff Wilson and the entire team is also going to have the support of Emily Carlin. Emily has, I, I think this is going to be her fifth or sixth mm-hmm. time. It sounds right. That she's been on Crop Tour. It might even be more than that, but um, you guys probably know who I'm talking about here. This is my daughter, Emily. Uh, Emily is a is is an employee of Pioneer up in uh, western Wisconsin, but she's been working with Crop Tour even before she got on with um, w- with Pioneer. Mm-hmm. And she's going to be along with us this year out on the road on the western leg of the tour, but she's also going to be managing our data while we're out there. So... We've got a lot to talk about. Give us a call. It's 855-4-TALK-AG, 855-482-5524. You can also tweet at us, hashtag ChipATB. All right, now let's go ahead and get to some news. You bet. Well, the U.S. dollar index was sharply lower today and slightly lower on the week after the greenback peaked out at new 13-month highs at midweek. Chart watchers say the dollar index is likely establishing new borders for a consolidation period between 95.50 and 96.50. Those that watch market influences, however, are warning more pressure ahead for the euro currency should keep the U.S. dollar value pointed higher. Speculation that Russia is considering some restrictions on wheat exports going forward helped to support sharp gains in wheat futures to end the week. While the Russian ag minister denied such speculation, Reuters reported that a meeting was held earlier today to consider the restrictions. Yeah, we have been talking about this for a long time. I mean, Russia became the lead supplier of exportable wheat, and they are going to do whatever they can to protect that status, even if they have a short crop. What that means is selling themselves short on their domestic Mm. supplies if they continue to supply the world with everything that they need to supply them with. Well, now all of a sudden they catch catch themselves short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're uh, n- yeah. Okay, you say what you want to, Mister Russian Egg Minister. I don't believe you. I think you're short. Technically, front month SOW futures gained more than a dime this week, but prices remain well below last week's highs. Resistance in September SOW wheat is expected near the 570 level again next week. September hard red futures were 17 and a half cents higher today at 565. Even September soft red jumped 18 and a quarter to close at 560 and a half. September spring wheat firmed 12 and a quarter to 608 and a half. The rally in wheat futures helped corn prices brush off most of the negative influence of lower prices in the soybean market. On the week, corn futures did a nice job of retracing much of last Friday's sharp losses. Those were driven by the bigger-than-expected national average corn yield estimate from USDA. However, corn traders agree the corn market was playing a waiting game this week as it was torn between following wheat prices or bean prices. Traders also say anticipation of next week's Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour likely played a role in the light trade seen in corn futures this week. You know, it was kind of a weird week. You're right. It felt like corn couldn't decide which market it wanted to follow. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll talk more about uh, this corn market watching the, the crop tour here in just a little bit. September corn futures were a penny lower today at 364 and a quarter. December corn slipped a penny to close at 378 and three quarters. March corn closed at 390 and three quarters. That's down three quarters of a cent today. Bean prices were lower today, but the futures were well above session lows. November beans are running into resistance at nine bucks, but the new crop contract got back most of what was lost last Friday. That was following the bigger than expected bean crop estimate from USDA. Helping bean prices this week was yesterday's rally on word the U.S. and China will be back at the negotiation table this month. And soybean meal futures led the price recovery on news Argentina has put a six-month hold on any further cuts to export taxes. Finally, China's battle with African swine 
swine fever may be helping to support hog prices, but traders said the threat to potential soybean meal demand in China was a negative on bean prices today. There's no question that the uh, bean market uh, had a lot to digest this week, and uh, uh, it performed nicely. Hmm. It performed nicely. There's no question about it. Go ahead and give us the closes on sure. livestock. Uh, well, September soybean futures, four cents lower, 881 and a half. November beans fell four and a quarter to close at 892 and three quarters. January beans closed at 905, even down four and a quarter on the day. Your livestock closes. October cattle, a buck 60 higher at 11087 and a half. December fed cattle jumped 142 and a half to close at 11462 and a half. September feeders were $1.70 higher at 151.82 and a half. After yesterday's limit of performance, October lean hogs were $3.12 and a half cents higher today at 5860. December futures jumped 282 and a half. To 55 27 and a half chip all right thank you very much davis has got the friday farm fuel and fertilizer report for us at the end of the show we've got brian grady mark bernard jeff wilson emily carlin and me your crop tour team up next on atb it's go time so when they say pioneer is with you from the word go that's now it's time to put high yielding pioneer brand products to work on your acres start off strong with locally proven products that offer a total package of high yielding genetics proven agronomic and defensive traits and advanced seed treatment options for that extra level of protection for all your in-season corn sorghum and soybean needs call your local pioneer sales professional today pioneer with you from the word go Back pain doesn't take vacations. It never celebrates holidays. It's on the job 24-7 to keep your life exactly where it is, in limbo. But it doesn't have to be that way because Laser Spine Institute can help you take back your life from chronic neck and back pain. With a less than one inch incision, our minimally invasive procedures have provided relief to over 60,000 patients with a 97% patient satisfaction rate. So get ready to stand tall and live the life you've imagined for yourself without pain. Are you or a loved one suffering from a bulging disc, herniated disc, spinal stenosis, pinched nerve, or degenerative disc disease? Call our spine care consultants now at 855-498-BACK. For a no-cost MRI review and to learn more, it's time to say goodbye to chronic neck and back pain. Call 855-498-BACK to see if laser spine surgery is right for you. That's 855-498-BACK. What have you got to lose? Laser Spine Institute, the leader in minimally invasive spine surgery. Five years ago, Ram Trucks dedicated themselves to some of the hardest working, most dedicated people, the American farmers. And the Ram Truck brand promise continues today during ag season. With many agricultural specific benefits, including Ram Harvest Edition trucks built specifically to deliver on their needs. Because it's important that we all give back to the people who push this country forward. To the farmer in all of us, Ram Trucks, built to serve. Ram is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Don't miss the 2018 Farm Progress Show, August 28th through August 30th in Boone, Iowa. Visit farmprogressshow.com for more information and to purchase tickets online. Welcome back to AgriTalk After the Bell, everybody. I'm your host, Chip Flory. Corn was slightly lower today. Soybeans, let's just call them lower. Soybean meal, same story there, but bean oil was slightly higher. Wheat was sharply higher today, put on a nice performance there. Live cattle and feeder cattle saw some solid gains. Lean hogs were sharply higher for second day in a row, Brian. Big move in this hog market, and it's got a lot to do with what's going on over in China. It does. Uh, you know, the, we're going to have uh, trade talks next week, uh, lower-level trade talks, but uh, there are stories out this afternoon 
about the roadmap in place or, or setting the roadmap for a deal by November. And I think that that's probably what uh, President Trump has been aiming for, uh, to try to get a GOP push at the, uh, the midterm elections. And uh, we'll see. But uh, positive trade news from Mexico this week. Mm-hmm. Sounds like uh, by the middle of next week, they may have a deal in place, at least uh, from a framework That'd standpoint. Cool. And then the Chinese news. So uh, the trade pendulum is swinging up. Now, yeah. we've seen it swing back and forth multiple times uh, violently. Yep. And uh, so, yep. you know, it doesn't mean that uh, everything is, is solved by any means. Uh, but it is swinging up here at the end of the week. You know, the neat thing about what's going on in hogs right now and the way that the market has traded the last couple of days is that we suffered through such a long period where it was nothing but bad news. Now we get some good news, and this market's performing. Yeah, uh, badly needed. I mean, obviously, yes. the uh, the soybean market, it's uh, taken its lumps with the trade yep. side of things, and that one's probably been more publicized, but it's been the hog market that really got hit hard. And uh, the numbers alone, with them rising year over year like they are, uh, would have put pressure on that marketplace. But then you throw in the trade side of things. And it's not only China. It's Mexico that has tariffs in place on U.S. pork right now. And uh, as a result, that market just got the snot kicked out of it. Yeah. And, and it's finally starting to, to get a little bit uh, back to its feet a little bit here. Uh, badly needed, like I said. And, yeah. and uh, hopefully the price recovery continues there for the hog producer. Okay. We're going to be talking about the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour. Not only the tour itself, but the coverage of the tour a little bit anyway here. Like I said. I'm going to be out on the road all next week thanks to Ram Trucks and uh, bringing, bringing you some live broadcasts out there on the road. Now, pay attention here. This is where we're going to be. I'll give you this list at the end of the show as well. But on Monday, that would be the 20th of August, we'll be in Norfolk. Nebraska. Pay attention right there at Cornhusker Ram. So if you're in Norfolk or the area, come see us on Monday. Of course, this is for AgriTalk in the morning. So we'll be there and going live at 10 o'clock in the morning. All of these broadcasts are for the morning show. On Tuesday, Woodhouse in Blair, Nebraska. If you're around Blair, you want to come on over to Woodhouse Ram Trucks and take uh, take a listen to what we're doing there and, and what we're learning on the crop tour. Wednesday, we slide over into Iowa, Carroll, Iowa at Whitrock Motor Company. On Thursday, up into Minnesota, Albert Lee, Minnesota. Look out. Here we come at Boomgars. And on Friday, bonus day. Bonus day for the tour. Uh, Friday, we're going to be at Pat McGrath Dodge in and Ram Trucks in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So if you can, please come by and uh, let me know. Give You know, let's have a conversation about what we're seeing out there on Crop Tour. Okay, let's get to it. Brian, uh, how many? How many Crop Tours? 26 for Pro Farmer. 26 for Pro Farmer. This is your... My 11th. Your uh, eight, 11th. Eight as the leader of the eastern leg of the tour. Right. Um, so, you know, got a few under my belt here. Absolutely. Let's bring in somebody that's got just about as many as I do out there. By the way, this is... Uh, uh, it's the 26th for Pro Farmer. It's going to be my 29th Midwest Crop Tour. And here's a guy that's not too far behind me. Jeff Wilson, Pro Farmer Senior Market Analyst. The new leader of the Western Leg of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour. How you doing, Jeff? Good, Chip. How are you today? Good. How many will will this be for you? I'm not exactly sure the number of Pro Farmer tours I've been on because I went on a bunch of tours before you guys took it over. But it's at right. least Brian. I figured it's at least 20 crop tours I've been on. 
in some form or fashion. I mean, I remember when we used to do five day tours and you get off that tour on Friday night and you'd be dead tired, but yeah. still a lot of work. And yep. uh, we really appreciate all the uh, tour participants that help us collect all those samples. Yeah, no question about it. And we appreciate all the help that we get when we're out there on the road. We've got a real veteran with us in Mark Bernard. Mark's up in uh, Southern Minnesota. He joins us now. Mark, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. How about you? Doing real good. Real good there, pal. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we got to get our crop tour speak on. That's what that all means. Mark, tell us about uh, what you do up there in Minnesota and what your responsibilities are on the tour. Okay. What I do up here in Minnesota is I'm an independent crop consultant, uh, and I've been working in the crop protection uh, area for about 37 years now. Um, and on the crop tour itself, my responsibilities are, are a lot of the technical help that people need as far as identifying a weed, an insect, uh, a disease, and that kind of thing. We get all these things brought back to us at night when we come in to our meetings, and it's always fascinating what people either bring me at that time or when they call me and send me pictures now. So, yeah, yeah it's, uh, and, and I, I try to help Brian out as much as I can. Yeah, well, you know, we know how much help he needs when he's out there on the road. I, 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 that's a big job in itself right there, Mark. <laughs> okay, and let's bring in, you know, I got to admit, I like you guys, but I really like this one. Oh, come on. She, <laughs> she might be my favorite. We've got Emily Carlin. Emily, how are you? I'm good, everybody. Goodness, it's good to hear your guys' voices. Yeah. So, Emily, you're with Pioneer. Tell us what you do with Pioneer up in western Wisconsin and what your role is out on tour this year. Emily? Are you there? Is she still your favorite? Well, she's still my favorite, but not right now. Good grief. Have we still got Jeff? All right. You know what? I think I know what's going on. I think I can hear Mr. Vaught getting ready to come on the line here with us in just a couple of minutes, so we might need to straighten that out back in the studio. But, uh, uh, Brian, as you're getting ready to go out, all right, as you're getting ready to go out uh, on the road here this week, we got to know what your expectations are. I mean, USDA set us up with some really big numbers out there for the Eastern Belt. They did. I think they did us a favor, actually, because yep. they came out so high with the uh, the first uh, corn and soybean estimates. Uh, you know, we don't go in with any preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we kind of know what's out there based on uh, what the crop conditions are every year, um, you know, and those types of things. But uh, it's a discovery process. We go out and, and uh, we'll pull about 3,000 samples, 1,500 corn, yep. 1,500 soybeans throughout the week uh, across the seven corn belt state, uh, crop tour states, excuse me. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, at the end of the week, what the best number we have is the average of those uh, total samples. And, and yeah. uh, so that is, you know, the primary focal point is the it's a uh, data gathering yeah information gathering information gathering it's a discovery process and i think that's so important for people to understand that it is a discovery process i want to check and see if emily's back with us yet emily have we got you emily nope not yet it is a discovery process and a lot of that discovery comes not only from the data that we're collecting that Emily's going to be managing for us while we're out there on the road, but it comes from the observations as well. But Brian, 
at the end of the day, when you've run one route of 12 on the eastern leg, when you've run one route of 10 on the western leg of the tour, and you spend all day looking at that corn and soybean crop over there in the eastern belt, when you get done that day, and you look at the final numbers for the state that you were in that day, do you go to your observations or to the numbers? Well, uh, some of both. I, I mean, uh, you know, I, you can look at the numbers and, and you can say, okay, here's, here's how USDA had it in, in relation to last year. They had mm-hmm. it, let's say, up 10% in whatever state. Right. And our numbers say, well, it's up 8%. So maybe it isn't quite as big as what USDA says. The flip side would be as if our numbers are up more percentage-wise. Uh, but the observations are, are you know, okay. at that point in time, you, you say, okay, what did I see in addition yeah. to the – the 15 fields that I was in today and pulling samples from, what did I see every 15 miles along the way there uh, and observe? And, and, you know, some of that is just a visual, uh, but, you know, you may be stopping at a little cafe somewhere along the line. You get a chance to talk to some farmers, right? get their observations. You know, what what was your planting conditions like? What was it like after planting? Those types of well, things. Well, we run into plenty of farmers while we're out in the field, we too. We do, and, and yeah. we might end up uh, finding some combines this year in some of those locations. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the, uh, the fact of the matter is, is it's a, a full day's job, and at the end, you get a number. Yeah. And, and then you, you say, well, you kind of sit back and you say, well, the number makes sense. Why does it make sense or why doesn't it make sense? What drove this number? Is it ear counts? Is it grain length? Is it lack of either one of those? Right. Whatever the case may be. Um, you know, the kernel rows, there's the big debate out there every year about how many kernel rows. Oh, we're going to have more kernel rows this year. Every year it's 16. <laughs> it's so close to 16, it ain't even funny. All right, when we come back, I think we've got the team set and ready to go for us again. We'll get back to some of the details of what's happening on this year's Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour. That's next right here on ATB. It's go time. So when they say Pioneer is with you from the word go, that's now. It's time to put high-yielding Pioneer brand products to work on your acres. Start off strong with locally proven products that offer a total package of high-yielding genetics, proven agronomic and defensive traits, and advanced seed treatment options for that extra level of protection. For all your in-season corn, sorghum, and soybean needs, call your local Pioneer sales professional today. Pioneer, with you from the word go. Don't miss the nation's largest outdoor ag exposition, the 2018 Farm Progress Show, August 28th through the 30th. The 85-acre exhibit field features over 500 exhibitors. See the latest equipment from the nation's major and short-line manufacturers. Expanded ride-and-drives feature Chevy trucks, Ram trucks, Case IH Maxim tractors, John Deere Gators, and Textron ATVs. Be sure to download the 2018 Farm Progress Show app to stay updated on show information. Don't miss the 2018 Farm Progress Show in Boone, Iowa. Visit farmprogressshow.com for more information. It's time for After the Bell's Tech Talk. We're going to see if we've got Dan Vaught, Pro Farmer Senior Economist. Dan, you with us? That's what I was a little worried about. He is not with us, but I know exactly which market I want to take a quick look at here. Let's look at December hogs with and, and look at them with me, Brian, because this move that we're seeing here in this hog market is really pretty impressive. Right now, we're bumping right up against resistance at 56 bucks. Yeah, and I, I think the big takeaway here is we gapped higher yesterday, yep. had a high-range finish. We gap higher again today. We didn't quite fill the gap and finished high range again. 
Uh, boy, it sure looks like this market, you know, the gap-and-go uh, formation wants to go a little bit higher here. The only thing that concerns me about the move that we've seen in hogs so far is that we've already done our $10 move from the lows. Well, it does like to go in $10 yep. increments, uh, but when you look at it, it happened in, uh, what is that, about six days or so, so uh, maybe we do have some more to the upside. All right, that's your tech talk. And welcome back to ATV, everybody. We're talking the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour. we got to get to some history of it. But before we do, let's get a recap of what happened in the markets today from Davis. Well, Chip, September hard red winter wheat futures were 17 and a half cents higher at 565, even with front month SRW up 18 and a quarter to close at 560 and a half. September corn was a penny lower at 364 and a quarter. New crop corn slipped a penny to close at 378 and three quarters. September beans were four cents lower at 881 and a half. Novi beans fell four and a quarter to close at 892 and three quarters. October cattle were a buck 60 higher at 110.87 and a half. September feeders were a dollar 70 higher at 151.82 and a half. And look out, October lean hogs three bucks 12 and a half cents higher at 58.60. There's your quick market recap. Back to it, buddy. All right, thank you very much, Davis. We are talking about the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour today. We're going to try this. We're going right back to Emily. Emily Carlin, how are you? I am good. It is so good to hear your guys' voices. All right. So you're working for Pioneer up there in western Wisconsin. Tell us what you do for them and what you're going to be doing next week for us out on the crop tour. Yeah, so I am in western Wisconsin. I am a territory manager with with Pioneer Seeds, and it's great because I get the opportunity to work with people like um, Tony Mellenton that you had on AgriTalk the other morning, who did a fantastic job, and, you know, get to work with local growers and, you know, already have a pretty good look at what the Wisconsin crop looks like, but I'm excited to get on the tour next week to really get a good idea good idea of what it looks like down in the midwest too i mean we're not too far north we definitely know how to grow corn in wisconsin and but excited to see what some of the other states look like too so my main responsibility on the tour is to pretty much manage all of the data that comes in so every single data point that comes in from our scouts that are out there running every single route comes right through me we compile everything together so that we can get numbers released for the nightly meetings so yeah it gets exciting at times to see everything come through yeah and you've been working with us on the data management of the crop tour now for how many years em i think that this is my seventh year now already Seven. i can't I was believe it about we, that. We we started out with everybody taking their, their scouting reports and putting it down on paper, and we would fax everything back to the Cedar Falls office and yep. that everybody would sit there and plug it into a spreadsheet. Well, we, we've kind of innovated a couple of different things, and with modern technology, we found some easier ways to get that done by, you know, creating different apps and so that everything kind of comes in live stream for us. So right. really... Right. Really, really neat what we're able to do with all the data so that we can get it out into everybody's hands really, really quick, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing you this weekend, Emily, as we get over to Sioux Falls. Uh, Jeff, your first time as a leader of the tour. Um, Any anxiety going into this? Are you there, Jeff? Doggone it. I don't think we've got him. Okay. So let's go ahead and get to some of the history here and and go ahead and throw mark on here i want to see if we can talk to mark mark are you there 
Yeah, we're working on getting him back to Doug on it. Um, so let's take a look at some of the history here on the tour, Brian, because when we hear a number from a state like Nebraska, okay, the I, I can tell you right now when they see see the, the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour number, they're going to be thinking to themselves, well, it's not near the crop that USDA says it was going to be. Why? Well, uh, one, you know, somewhat different sampling methods, but the bigger thing is uh, the percent of irrigated uh, ground versus dry land ground that we sample uh, versus what the reality is in the state. And, and uh, mm-hmm. it's about 40, 60 in, in terms of uh, um, the irrigated samples versus the dry land samples of what we have. And the, the state's about the opposite of that. Exactly. So, uh, you know, historically, we know that the number coming out in Nebraska is uh, about five, uh, 15.5 bushels too light. Right. From, so, for the crop tour. Right. Yep. Yes. So if, uh, for example, we come out with a, let's say, uh, you know, a 150, you yep. would add 15 and a half to that. Right. Uh, and that's just all hypothetical, obviously, just throwing a, an easy number out there to do math with. But uh, that, that would be how you get your adjustment factor for the state of Nebraska historically versus what we've seen back to 2001. Right. Okay. That's all the way back to 2001. So, I mean, there's some... There, there, there is some history associated with this. So let's talk about the rest of the states and what some of the differences are. Yeah, uh, so Ohio, you have to add three bushels uh, to the number. Indiana, add 2.1. Illinois, add 1.1. So we get pretty darn close in, in uh, Illinois to the, the actual number there. In Iowa, uh, you'd add five bushels. Uh, Minnesota, you would subtract 9.4. Uh, a large part of that being is that we go through what is the, the core of Minnesota corn and soybean production, the bottom two tier of counties uh, across the state. Um, it's not that they don't have production outside of there, right. but you get north of there and, and it, it drops off pretty significantly. We take the heart out of that state, and that's why you have to subtract some there. We talked about Nebraska. And then uh, South Dakota, you have to subtract 3.9 bushels on average. And uh, that is because we're in the southeast uh, portion of that state, which is also the heart of their production area. Exactly. So, But the most important thing that I see here is I'm looking at this sheet that you're working from are the charts. And how the crop tour yields follow USDA's final yield estimates for these states. Uh, we got to remember, so far we've got the August, which is historically the least reliable number that we're going to get from USDA all year for an, on a national basis and on a state-by-state basis. But what this crop tour does is it shows us the trends on a state-by-state basis. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if if you look back to last year, and it was the first time this ever happened, but uh, when we take the average of all the samples. Oh, 1,400 corn. Right. We ended up lower than what USDA's final was for the first time ever. And uh, very, very strong finish last year to the crop. Uh, it wasn't that our data was faulty by any means. Right. It, it just finished way, way better than than anything anybody than we'd seen before. Right, and uh, so that you know. But typically, um, you're right. You look at those those charts and, and you say, okay, where's the trend, and and are we getting the trend correct? And uh, you know, we had the trend in the right direction last year. Just we didn't go far enough. Right. We it just missed the the mark right. because of the finish. You know, and I think that's important because coming off the 2016 crop, record crop, uh, the the general attitude coming <clears throat> coming off of last year's tour was, well, it's a really good crop. It's probably just not quite as good as it was a year ago. 
our numbers showed that it was every bit as good as a year ago as as 2016 and even just a touch better yeah um just a touch yeah not as much as what no, and I, I think that, uh, you know, if you look back in, in USDA, what they base their August numbers off of is ear counts primarily yeah. on corn. Uh, so that'll be a, a focal point as we go out this year. Um, yeah, and, and then we take into account grain length. And while we don't uh, weigh the ears, we can tell because we pull three of those ears off of one of the 30-foot rows how heavy they are. And the veteran scouts can tell you if it's heavy corn or if it's light corn or whatever right. the case may be. And it ended up just being really, really heavy last year uh, compared to to what was anticipated. Yeah, that's exactly right. It was a heavy crop last year. And I think most people understand that when, uh, when they opened up fields and all of a sudden there's an extra 25 or 30 bushel on their yield monitor. So now we haven't talked a lot about soybeans. Let's talk about the process there because we don't do a yield calculation from tour. Right. And the reason for that being that uh, the number of pods it takes to make a bushel is different in every single state. So we yep. would have to recalculate our, our uh, formula at yep. every state line. Right. Uh, just way, way too difficult to do in a tour that lasts four days and covers the hundreds of miles that we do. Right. Uh, so we count the number of pods in a three foot by three foot square. Uh, now, how we do that is we measure off one three foot of row and then put it into the formula. And what that does is it equalizes out all row spacing. Yep. So whether you're in seven and a half inch rows or 36 inch rows, it, right. it spits out a, a three foot by three foot square formula for you and gives you that number yeah, and it gives us the total number of pods in a uh in a three by three foot square and really what we're doing is trying to figure out just how much of the bean production factory is up and running right exactly uh you know how many how many pods you have and then the observation comes in are they plump right do we have soil moisture right that's going to plump them up some more right uh are they two bean pods three bean pods four bean pods whatever yep. the case may be what well, you know we know what the average is on that yeah and it, it's like kind of like the kernel rows around on corn it's about the same every year every year but you make those observations and that's exactly. where the uh you know beyond just the hey this is the numbers that go into the formula and this is what it spits out that's those are the the analysis observations we make okay very cool very cool i think we've got mark bernard back on the line with us mark are you there bud all right so sorry about the the issues there we don't have a lot of time left but i did want to get to you mark because you're kind of our red flag guy with some of the diseases and issues out there what are you expecting to see well, I think we're going to probably see quite a bit of fungal uh, type things, gray leaf spot, probably some northern. Uh, another newcomer is uh, black bacterial leaf streak. We've seen a fair amount of that up here in Minnesota. Uh, not to be confused with corn blotch leaf miner, which is actually a uh, an insect problem. Physoderma brown spot on the corn, and which is also a, a stalk rot related issue. Uh, and that's something we need to be concerned about down the road. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, all of these are important because of the stage that we're at in the development of the crop. I mean, we're, we're into that last 30 days of building up the kernel weight, and, and any disease issues out there just make it that much more difficult. Absolutely. They just kind of nickel and dime us to the end here. Yep. Um, and on the soybean side, too, I mean, we're going to see some things there. Uh, SDS is really starting to come into its own up here. We've got some white mold. 
yeah. some downy mildew, a little bit of brown stem rot, a little Phytophthora showing up later on here, uh, along with a, a new insect, a soybean gall midge, yeah. uh, potentially that's on the western side of Iowa a little bit, but we're suspecting we have it here too. Soybean All right. Apa. Have fun next week, Mark. You betcha there, bud. All right, that's Mark Bernard. Emily, thanks for joining us today. We'll see you on Sunday. Sounds great, guys. Looking forward to it. Brian, travel safe, buddy. Same to you, Chip. All right. We'll be right back with more ATB in a moment. Five years ago, Ram Trucks dedicated themselves to some of the hardest working, most dedicated people, the American farmers. And the Ram Truck brand promise continues today during ag season with many agricultural-specific benefits, including Ram Harvest Edition trucks built specifically to deliver on their needs. Because it's important that we all give back to the people who push this country forward. To the farmer in all of us, Ram Trucks, built to serve. Ram is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. It's go time, so when they say Pioneer is with you from the word go, that's now. It's time to put high-yielding Pioneer brand products to work on your acres. Start off strong with locally proven products that offer a total package of high-yielding genetics, proven agronomic and defensive traits, and advanced seed treatment options for that extra level of protection. For all your in-season corn, sorghum, and soybean needs, call your local Pioneer sales professional today. Pioneer, with you from the word go. Are you paying too much for fuel and fertilizer? Verify you're getting the best price with Inputs Monitor from Farm Journal Media. Knowing the low, average, and high price quotes from dealers in your area for fertilizers and farm fuels can save you thousands of dollars. Inputs Monitor gives you an easy, anonymous method to compare fertilizer and fuel prices from across the Midwest. Plus, get grower-focused buying advice, local pricing charts, industry news, and purchase alerts so you don't miss any critical buying opportunities. Visit InputsMonitor.com for subscription information. That's InputsMonitor.com. Unbiased and farmer-focused, Inputs Monitor is the newest and best tool to help growers buy inputs at exactly the right time. Before you book your next fertilizer or fuel contract, verify you're getting a fair price with Inputs Monitor. Learn more at InputsMonitor.com. That's InputsMonitor.com. Back pain doesn't take vacations. It never celebrates holidays. It's on the job 24-7 to keep your life exactly where it is, in limbo. But it doesn't have to be that way because Laser Spine Institute can help you take back your life from chronic neck and back pain. With a less than one-inch incision, our minimally invasive procedures have provided relief to over 60,000 patients with a 97% patient satisfaction rate. So get ready to stand tall and live the life you've imagined for yourself without pain. Are you or a loved one suffering from a bulging disc, herniated disc, spinal stenosis, pinched nerve, or degenerative disc disease? Call our spine care consultants now at 855-498-BACK. For a no-cost MRI review and to learn more, it's time to say goodbye to chronic neck and back pain. Call 855-498-BACK to see if laser spine surgery is right for you. That's 855-498-BACK. What have you got to lose? Laser Spine Institute, the leader in minimally invasive spine surgery. You know how to grow a great crop. We're here to help you grow profit. Now, back to Talk After the Bell with Chip Florin. The government knows. The government knows. The government knows. The government knows. 
already have numbers from the government on all this stuff, Chip. Come on. What are we doing okay. here? That brings up an excellent point. I thought it might. An excellent point because I was with a group of growers yesterday down in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Yes. Uh, at the Farm Journal Yield Tour event. <clears throat> it's good to see everybody down there. Uh, and uh, uh, some of them had some comments for me about this crop tour thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, you know, well, you know, we're all just kind of waiting to see what you guys say. And I said, well, USDA, like Brian said, I feel like USDA has already taken some of the pressure off of the crop tour next week by putting some really big mm-hmm. numbers out there for corn and soybean yields. Um, and they kind of looked at me like, yeah, but no, we're we're waiting for the tour. Huh. Uh, it And uh, I, I've realized this a long time ago. OK, everybody. Uh, but back in 1993, when we started this tour, it was to go out. You know what? It was an opportunity to get out on the road and see some farmers. It was an opportunity to get out and take a look at the crop for ourselves. We were creating some great content for Pro Farmer Newsletter. Mm-hmm. And doggone it, maybe we would find something that was different than what USDA was telling us. Like we did in 1993. Like we did in 1994. We knew that was a big crop before. Like we did in 1995 with the crop. Not failure, but doggone close. Mm-hmm. We discovered those things that much earlier. Uh, but in the early days, it was to go out and take a look. And and it has become a responsibility to the industry. It's a pro farmer responsibility now. And I think Brian feels the responsibility. I know I feel the responsibility of, of what this crop tour is. Jeff understands it exceptionally well. Emily gets it. Mark gets it. We've got a great team put together, and uh, it's all going to be a lot of fun. Now, the numbers that you see Monday through Thursday night next week are all crop tour numbers. Mm-hmm. On Friday, Pro Farmer will deliver the Pro Farmer crop estimates. Now, does the crop tour have an influence on those uh, on, on those yield estimates and crop estimates? Absolutely, but they are not to be tied to the crop tour. Uh, we're not going to speak for those for the others that are out there on tour when when Pro Farmer puts the crop estimates out. So they're two different things. Friday is a Pro Farmer number. Monday through Thursday in the evenings, those are crop tour numbers. Okay, I hope everybody understands that. That makes a lot of sense. And, and trust me, uh, trust me, everybody understands. And so, do, so do you, Davis. You mm-hmm. understand the responsibility that Pro Farmer has to the industry when we go out and do this crop tour. For sure. So does Megan Vick, who is here in the office. You guys are going to be yep. back here, holding down the fort, making sure that the information that that uh, we we send routinely out to uh, the Pro Farmer membership continue to get the information that they need so everybody understands it. it's a huge team effort to get this job done and and uh i'm looking forward to next friday well and if, <laughs> yeah i bet i bet and if you're and if you're if you're going to go all the way back to sort of pro farmers mission pro farmers motivation yeah. as an organization level the, playing field. level the information playing field that's Ex- all we're trying to do here exactly before we started do. doing this if you don't think cargill was out there if you don't think adm was out there if you don't think Bungie consolidated grain if you don't think all the grain companies were out there doing exactly what we're doing right now you're wrong mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they had the information and farmers didn't yep and now, after 25 years of doing the crop tour, they've got it. Have you? Have we still got time to get an update? We, we do, don't we? Bit. We got a little bit of time. Let's get the it. Friday Farm Fuel it. and Fertilizer Report. Give me five, give me that one, that is up.
Insider Report is brought to you by Pro Farmers Input Monitor, cutting edge analysis, risk management, and the tools you need to succeed. For weekly updated fuels and fertilizer prices from across the Midwest, yada, 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 visit InputsMonitor.com. Thank you, Pro Farmer. Uh, a big week today. We got everything in farm fuels in focus, bearish fundamentals, point diesel lower. And I highlighted some thoughts from uh, John Kemp okay. at J. Yeah. Kemp Energy. And I honestly, I just, and I, I attributed, you know, yeah. I'm a journalist, but I, I just lifted a bunch of bullet points off of an email Good. that he put out. Uh, U.S. refineries running flat out. Boom. Refinery crude throughput hit record. Boom. Distillate production hit seasonal record. Boom. Yeah. I, I saw, like the I like the way it looks for for diesel prices heading into harvest here. I I'm saw those same headlines. Diesel. Yep. Uh, propane <laughs> yeah. not quite as willing to head head lower for us on propane, but the fundamentals are certainly improving. Uh, the summer swoon is a little bit late for a couple of different reasons. You can read my thoughts on that in this week's Farm Fuels and Focus P and K today. No foot, no horse. A snarky article that I shouldn't talk about, but read it. <laughs> the end files: Urea and UAN test the upside. We've been watching the battle between urea and and anhydrous for influence over UAN. We've uh, we've got UAN following urea higher this week as anhydrous ammonia fell. Let me get to these prices here. Anhydrous ammonia down 60 cents by the short ton to a regional average of 506.96. DAP was a buck 39 higher. MAP. 34 cents lower on the week. Vitamin K, your potash is down $2.60 to a regional average of 348.24 on an index basis. Still overpriced compared to anhydrous ammonia, but narrowing the gap. UAN 28% is up 28 cents, 32% up 2 cents per wow. short ton. So those gains as it's following urea higher yeah. were very, very small. Urea itself up just 13 cents per short ton on the week to 372.49 regionally. Ruby red farm diesel down a penny to 251. LP unchanged at a buck 34. All told our nutrient composite index fell. I want to say 0.32 points to 556.95. Compare that to 654.33, our five-year average. Get to InputsMonitor.com and ProFarmer.com. You won't be disappointed. Very cool. 610-day August 23 through the 27th. We've got some heat sneaking back in above normal temperatures in the northern and western production areas. Normal to below normal in the eastern and southern production areas. And we've got some water coming back into the outlook, too, for the northern areas. Real quick, tweet of the day. Today's tweets are brought to you by Really Bad Stuff. Sometimes bad things come in good packages. And now today's tweet at DFaber84. Why do only normal people do the really bad stuff? You never hear a TV interview saying, oh, that guy was a weirdo. I totally saw this coming. <laughs> At last, Mike, this evening, while ridding the world of the evil pigweed, I had a less than friendly encounter with a badger. Fortunately, I was armed with my trusty hoe, Excalibur. <laughs> Mr. Badger made a hasty exit, fearing for his well-being. And one more handy tip from At MN Weed Wizard, helpful That's crop tour hint. Get familiar with your rain pants ahead of time. That's right. All right. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to Brian Grady, Jeff Wilson, Mark Bernard, Emily Carlin for joining us Monday on AgriTalk. We're going to start the conversation with Chuck Grassley, and then we'll get to the crop tour. Have a great weekend. Marketing puts the farmer first with a marketing plan that manages risk in every market condition. We protect the downside, and we're more than just about puts. We'll use a strategy based on the current market conditions and your circumstances. Make your plan today. Let Top Third help. Top Third Ag Marketing, farmer first with a plan for every market. Call us at 877-TT-HEDGE today. That's 877-TT-HEDGE. Futures trading involves the substantial risk of loss. You're going to need me. You're going to need us. All of us. You're going to need our help with your water, your air, your food. You're going to need our determination. 
our compassion. You're going to need the next generation of leaders to face the challenges the future will bring. And we promise we'll be there when you need us. Today, 4-H is growing the next generation of leaders. Support us at 4-H.org.